Well, howdy, Who Thunkers. This is the host of the Who to Thunk It podcast, Zeb, coming at you. Episode 107, uh, titled Cats, Angels or Demons? Um, no question mark, though. Just sort of either or. Anyway, I recommend um, for this week's recommendation segment that you check out the show Stone Quackers. It's right now on Hulu. Sounds weird. Um, came out in 2015. It's pretty good. Set in the fictional island of Cheeseburger Island. <laughs> The series revolves around the surreal misadventures of two ducks who are like, like, you know, personal, like personified ducks named Wit and Clay. They're ducks, but they walk and talk like people. Um, they're voiced by Whitmer Thomas and Clay Tatum. So uh, probably their real life um, personalities come out in these characters, along with their friends Barf. <laughs> voiced by Ben Jones, and Dottie, voiced by Heather Lawless, and the incompetent Officer Barry, voiced by the famous John C. Riley. love John C. Riley. He was alongside Will Ferrell in, like, Talladega Nights um, and Step Brothers. John C. Riley's a great comedic actor. And their neighborhood kid, Bug, voiced by Bud Diaz. It's a gem of a show. It only has, like, 12 episodes. They're about a half hour each, so... Doesn't take long to get through the whole series. Hilarious. I cracked up many times during the three days it took me to binge it on Hulu. And among other things, John C. Riley as Officer Barry had me tearing up with laughter multiple times. It's just very quirky and weird. <laughs> Offensive. Definitely for adults. Because there's like violence and all kinds of just messed up stuff. But um, I don't know. It's It, it reminded me of a sort of like regular show, but for adults kind of deal. That kind of weirdness, quirkiness. Um, and John C. Riley knocked another park his his weird uh, southern accent. So it was great. Now for the main event, I work from home, and minus a few drawbacks, um, it definitely is a much better way of doing things uh, than instead of driving to work. It saves me like two hours of time each day. I've talked about this before, but it's it's amazing. Another notable benefit uh, to working from home is that I get to spend my entire day with my pets. Yep. Um, my attention isn't always on them, but they're always here. And, you know, sometimes my, my dog will come up and be like, beg me for me to pet him. My cat will jump up on me. Uh, my dog's name is Rorschach. He's a seven year old and 18 pound black skipper key dog. He's tiny. He looks like a little black wolf. And when he was a puppy, he looked like a bear cub. Um, I didn't know him as a puppy. That's what my fiance says. And then Beerus is a one year old chunky farm cat. I think he's one. He might be two. I think we got him in 2020. His two-year birthday might be coming up. But he's a farm cat, um, un unlicensed yet. We're still trying to get him all his official uh, shots and stuff because he is starting to pee all over the house and we need to get him neutered. Uh, but <laughs> it's, it's a pain in the ass cleaning it up. But we do it diligently. And we're moving, so <laughs> we're going to get him fixed before we move. Anyway, it is really nice to spend time with them and make sure that they are getting attention all day long. However, my cat only knows the meaning of personal space if it pertains to his own personal space. He doesn't really care about mine. Uh, the little bugger jumps up on my work desk all day long and begs for attention. And when I'm working, I can't have a cat in between me and the keyboard. Just isn't practical. But when I finally do brush Beerus off my desk, I feel terrible. I feel really bad about it. Like, like no, stay with me. <laughs> I want him to stay with me, but I, it just doesn't work out that way. Got pictures of him on our blog. Same with the dog here. Uh, well, it seems humans have been infatuated with cats for thousands of years. Uh, you've probably heard of the cats. The cats were worshipped by ancient Egyptians. Uh, well, they were by other cultures too. Well, that's what this week's episode is about. Who worshipped cats? Which cultures? How were they worshipped? 
when and where were they worshipped, and what makes cats so damn special? When and where were cats first domesticated? Let's go about that first. So they were, when did they first become into the, the sphere of humanity other than just being another wild animal? Well, an archaeological archaeological dig in 1983 on the island of Cyprus, located in the Mediterranean Sea. I had to Google that. I was like, where's Cyprus? It sounds familiar. Uh, yeah, it's in the Mediterranean Sea, ancient Greek kind of area. Uh, it revealed a jawbone of a cat dating back eight thousand years ago scientists concluded it was very likely that it belonged to a domesticated cat because you know who wants a demon hell spawn of a pissed off wild feline on your boat ride to the island there's like no meaning for that so they they're, they're pretty sure it was domesticated but then in 2004 archaeologists found a cat buried with a human this made scientists reassess the date uh humans domesticated cats um they pushed the estimated time back of domestication back by 1,500 years. So we're in 2000 AD. Uh, now we're at 9,500 years ago it would be 7,500 BCE. So that's what they thought they were domesticated. But then in 2007, a study of the house cat genes were published stating all house cats today can trace their lineage back to the, uh, the Middle Eastern wildcat or Felis Silvestris. Get it? Silvestris. Like Sylvester, the cat from the Looney Tunes, had no idea that's where that name came from. Uh, but Felis Sylvestris, they think, is the first, um, is the uh, ancestor of all modern day house cats. And I, th I guess that's why Looney Tunes called Sylvester that. <laughs> I wrote a thing that, like, Sylvester is the American feline deity. Starting in 1930, Americans would sit in their homes and stare at a broadcasted image of Sylvester, along with other animated deities, a tradition that is still practiced to this day, every Saturday morning with kids and their little Cheerios. But anyway, uh, which kind of is like that. <laughs> we kind of worship our TVs and our books and our stories now. But anyway, that might sound like quite the jump in time estimation from 7,500 BC to like 12,000 BC, but um, based on genetic study, but the theory makes sense. The research suggested the cats would have been domesticated around the same time humans began to cult cultivating crops. You know, dogs were domesticated much earlier because dogs are great hunting companions. So the thought is that they were domesticated when humans were all hunting and gathering as nomads. But once we as humans started to settle down and use agriculture to feed ourselves, cats became useful. Um, where there are large storage areas of grain and crop products, there are rodents. Rodents are a main food source for cats. So the running thought now is the cats domesticated themselves. How cat is that? <laughs> Of course. Uh, so when we humans started storing our food from, for farming, uh, the food stores attracted the mice and the mice attracted the cats. Instead of getting rid of the cats, early humans kept them around because, well, it's mutually beneficial. Cats kill the mice. And so the cats are happy getting fed. We're happy because there's less mice around us, you know, causing, you know, mice, you know, they spread uh, diseases and stuff. So humans favored more docile and friendly cats that they kept around. Those are the ones that stuck around and evolved into the modern house cat. So as I wrote that last line, Bears the cat jumped up here um, <laughs> and started purring and rubbing his face on my chin. Uh, not as I recorded, but he did it when I was writing it. And yeah, I can see how uh, we used to worship these little guys. Right now, as I record, he's laying down. I'm pointing like you can see me. Stupid. He's, he's laying down like four feet away asleep on my hoodie. Like an adorable little kitty cat. So, so that's, I get why the, you might 
worship them. You start having them around. They keep your food safe. They keep you safe. Keep you away from rodents. Everyone, nobody likes rodents. And so I get it. The most famous culture to have worshipped cats was the ancient Egyptians. We've all heard of that. I mean, I learned that when I was a kid. Cats were thought to embody the Egyptian goddess of love, Bastet. And whenever Bastet is seen in ancient Egyptian art, she has the head of a cat. Bastet was the daughter of the sun god Ra and the moon goddess Isis. In early depictions, Bastet is uh, shown with the head of a fierce lion or lioness and then later on she is shown with the head of a domestic cat she starts to be portrayed not as just this fierce thing a goddess but a mother with a bunch of god kittens and she's a protector for her family so a little bit more soft than a fierce lioness cats were kept as companions to ward off pests in ancient egypt as they thought you know as they still are today and historians believe that they uh, this contributed contributed to the portrayal of deities you know gods are helping us or these cats are helping us they must be gods many paintings found in egyptian tombs show cats hunting birds playing or simply just lounging under chairs and stuff a tomb uh, was a continuation of one's life after death so naturally they had depictions of family members and their cats so that they could take them with them um, after they died to the afterlife other tomb paintings show cats holding daggers and fighting Apophis. Apophis was a snake deity that threatened Ra, and the, you know, the sun god, uh, during night and in the underworld. So they thought cats fought back against the evil Egyptian gods too. But cats weren't just the subject of paintings in tombs. Some cats were mummified and buried along with humans. So the thought was that the person could use the cat's body as a vessel after death. And you start seeing that um, they think that Egyptians didn't just think cats were gods, that they were maybe vessels of gods. I mean, who knows what all we think now? It's kind of speculation, but but that's what they thought. If you were charged and found guilty of killing a cat in ancient Egypt, uh, it often meant you were subject to execution. The one notable exception here is for mummification. If you're going to mummify your cat, oh, how honorable. You're going to take it to the underworld. Let's murder it that way. Any other kind of cat murder. Definitely not okay. Um, now, these next few fun facts are from a website called Ranker.com. So, not the most reliable source, I guess. Uh, they just sort of said things, not much uh, to back up their claims, but they're fun. I thought I'd read them. When a beloved cat died, the family showed the amount of respect they would as if a human member had died. Um, they would even shave their eyebrows to show their loss. And when their eyebrows grew back, they had finished mourning. So, um, you know, if Beerus died and I, we were in ancient Egypt, I would shave off these beautiful brows of mine. I have weird eyebrows. If you've ever seen me, they've got weird calyx in them and stuff. But I would shave off my beautiful eyebrows and everyone would be like, oh, man, so sorry to hear about your cat. <laughs> they wouldn't have to, I wouldn't have to tell them that. They would have to hear it. They'd be like, oh, Zeb, I see you shaved your eyebrows. I'm so sorry for your loss of your cat. <laughs> and once they, my eyebrows, eyebrows grew back, I'd be like, okay, I must move on from this loss. Naturally, I will be sad when Beerus dies, uh, but I'm not going to shave my eyebrows. <laughs> now, in 525 BCE, during the Battle of Pelusium, uh, Cambyses II of Persia, definitely not pronouncing that right, Cambyses, 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 second of persia was up against the military might of the egyptians led by pharaoh um uh, the third definitely not pronouncing that correct either anyway persian ruler against egyptian ruler right uh cambesis uh wanted to eventually conquer egypt so here's how he did it used he used the uh unconventional tactic of ordering his men to capture as many cats as they could within the immediate area 
and release them upon the battlefield. Go, my felines, but not as like battle weapons, just to sort of be there. When the Egyptian forces arrived in Pelusium, they refused to fight for fear of hurting the sacred cats. So the Egyptian forces apparently just surrendered to the Persians. That's stupid. But I kind of get it. If they're sacred, you know, I mean, I don't know if you'd put, I mean, I guess think about it. If you just put a whole bunch of box of kittens on a battlefield or a box of puppies on a battlefield today, I'm sure it wouldn't have no effect. I'm sure it would have some kind of effect on the soldiers fighting it. That'd be interesting. Anyway, archaeologists also recovered court recorded rec records from the year 450 BCE that said uh, it was illegal to export cats outside the empire. So instead of like illegal drug smugglers we have today, it was you had illegal kitty smugglers. And apparently small bands of warriors were tasked with uh, retrieving any stolen cats. To me, it's like <laughs> like the DEA, but instead of the DEA or like a drug task force, you have like a kitty retrieval task force. And they would, the ancient Egypts would, Egyptians would send out these uh, kitty retrieval task force to get any of their stolen cats back. Now, moving on from the Egyptians, yeah, in ancient Rome, uh, they had a positive view of cats. It wasn't, you know, very religious view, but they saw cats as a symbol of liberty. And so they did revere cats. They didn't hold any religious significance, but they liked, liked them all the same. Uh, a lot of Asian cultures valued cats for their ability to protect scrolls from rodent damage. The Chinese god Li Shu protected crops from being devoured by rodents. You know, that's a recurrent thing. Cats do do that. They're really good at killing rodents. Uh, but there is also this delightful little story from Chinese myth about how cats um, led by Li Shu, all of cats led by Li Shu, were taken, were tasked by the creator gods to run the world, but they decided they they didn't want to. Um, and yeah, uh, let me just read some of this. So this is this is the legend of the Chinese goddess Li Shu. When the world was a new, uh, new created place, the gods decided to appoint the creature to see that it ran smoothly and to oversee all other creatures. The creature they selected was the cat. Thoughtful and contemplative, uh, cats were given the power of speech in order to talk with the creator gods and give instructions to the other creatures who shared the world. The cat goddess Li Shu was chosen to represent them, and for a long time, all seemed to go well. Great. World run by cats. Cats, however, were, uh, they didn't want to do that. Rather than attend to the mundane day-to-day -day running of the world, they wanted to doze in sunbeams on beds of fragrant catnip and um, just chill in the vines and climb. The creator god saw this and asked Li Shu whether they were doing anything to ensure the smooth running of this newly made world. And she said, running a world is not of great interest to us. Uh, we are content to roll on the grass and chase butterflies when the mood takes us. <laughs> Mostly, we let the world run itself so that we can enjoy the simple pleasures of warm sunshine and fresh scented air. Love that. And then I guess the gods asked the cats, like, what are you doing? Please just run it better. And they're like, yeah, 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 we, we promise. The gods left, came back. Every time they came back, they're like, what are you doing, cats? You're just not doing anything. And the cats are like, hey, 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 let me propose an idea here. Why don't, there's this other creature that you put here who seems to be, you know, they really, you know, they really like it. Uh, it says right here, we've realized that we really don't want to bother the bother of running a world. We noticed that one of your creatures shows much more promise in this respect. Perhaps you could give the task of running a world to them so that we can spend our time enjoying pleasures this world has to offer. The gods reluctantly agreed, but on one condition, those appointed to run the world required the power of speech. Therefore, cats would no longer be able to talk, and the other creature, called humans, would be endowed with speech. And while man busied himself about 
running the world and remaking it to its own liking and filling it with chatter, cats passed in scented sunshine and with unscrutable expressions. Um, but the gods still made cat cats tell time somehow. And not only that, the purring of the cat is the sound of the machinery moving the world around the heavens. And should the cats cease to purr, the world would stand still in the sky and the seasons and all of time would come to an end. So while mankind was has the day-to-day -day running of the world, the cat still remains its timekeeper and guardian, which is why cats always look so inscrutable and so smug. So I love that. I think that's a great little Chinese thing. What I read off there is from Tumblr. So once again, don't know how, I mean, it might just be a summarization, a summation of the actual story, but I loved it. It's adorable. Uh, check it out for yourself. I have, a, I have a link to it on the blog. Now the Polish people, they had their own feline deity, kind of deity, kind of demon. We're getting into not so much worshipped here as uh, hated, but the the Ovinik uh, was the name of a being from Slavic myth that protected farms. It was sometimes portrayed as a cat uh, that protected crops and livestock and burned down the crop stores of farms that committed evil. The Ovinik was also seen as a malevolent creature sometimes and demanded sacrifices of roosters, which I could see cats liking that. And like they would burn down houses of people who did evil stuff. So um, a kind of a vengeful, malevolent being there but it gets even worse uh but not all cultures valued cats uh, i'm sure there are plenty of cultures that did or still feel you know relatively indifferent to the little fuzzballs but medieval europe downright hated them uh where ancient egyptians saw cats as vessels for gods christian europe saw them as vessels for satan or witchcraft europeans killed cats by the thousands and because they associated them with evil the irony are they associated with evil? The irony is that their effort to ward off evil, uh, they got rid of the main predator for rodents, which made the rodent population skyrocket, which brought upon the deadliest plague in human history, the Black Death, the bubonic plague. So they historians believe that's one of the main causes of the bubonic plague. They killed all the cats, all the rodents showed up. You know, not good. It wasn't until the 1600s that Europeans started to see cats in a more rational light. And now, of course, we love cats. I have a picture on the blog uh of an old european painting of a cat and he's running away with a penis <laughs> the dick and balls <laughs> i have no idea what the context is i just found it on google when i typed in european cat paintings and i was like i gotta include this so <laughs> the caption read medieval cat stealing family jewels um ridge rick Rijix museum 1555 uh I, I couldn't just not include it so it's just a cat with a dick and balls in its mouth <laughs> for no reason uh but it's not like super detailed i would say a kid could look at it and be like what is that but, so, but <laughs> i just thought it was funny but what about now what do we think of cats now well according to bloomberg's the magazine trying to bring the web's cats obsession offline um that came out written in 2015 there's a link to it if you want to see where i got it cats drive almost 15 percent of all web traffic at least they did in 2015 a report came out in 2015 now i don't know if i believe that a lot of things <laughs> i mean this 15 is a lot the internet is freaking huge i have a hard time believing that 15 of it is cats i'm sure there's a decent amount but i feel like 15 is just a number if you ask me to come up with a number just off the top of my head 15 is probably what i'd say <laughs> so i feel like that's what this number came from but cats are everywhere we do love cats there's cat videos there's cat pictures there's cat sounds cat sound uh, ringtones. I have a ringtone on my phone of a cat. 
that I found on Reddit and turned into a, an MP3 file, put on my phone, and now sometimes when certain people call me, it's a cat meowing. <laughs> we love cats still. Uh, we still love cats. They are still an integral part of our society. They still help humans by killing every small living thing in their vicinity. Um, they still keep farms free of rodents, and they still make us feel less alone in this world with their smug yet adorable demeanors. And now I'm going to go snuggle my cat, Beerus, because he's just such a so damn cute. So thanks for listening, Hootie Thunkers. Cats, we love them. We hate them. We, we loved them. We hated them. We worshipped them. Um, still pretty great. Be nice to cats. They will not always be nice to you, but we should always be nice to them because they're not really any danger of hurting us too bad, except for little scratches that I get all over my hand. So I'll just be petting my cat, and all of a sudden he'll just be like, nope, I'm going to bite you. I'm going to scratch you. But it doesn't actually injure me. just hurts a little bit and looks makes my hand looks like <laughs> like butchered meat but anyway be nice to cats i love cats i'm a cat guy i also love dogs too but i'm, I'm definitely a cat guy thanks for listening tune in next week and have a good day hooter thunkers <laughs>